Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, presents the official podcast of Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. On today's program, we'll give you the latest news from the world of University of Georgia Athletics and more. And now, from the broadcast studios of Dogs on Demand, here's your host, Chris Hall. All right, Chris Hall here with you on Dogs on Demand on Facebook and Instagram and on YouTube. It's good to have you with us on our program today. Bryce Kuhn uh, from 247 Sports. He's a color analyst for Mercer University Football. Uh, he does play-by-play. Uh, the guy just, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're a one-man marketing band, uh, Bryce. How you doing today? Good to have you with us today on our program. Oh, Chris, it's uh, it's good to be back with you. And yeah, we're, you know, rocking and rolling right here in the middle of football season. A lot of people don't realize, but Mercer is uh, highest ranking in program history, number 11 in the country. And we've got a really big game up in uh, Chattanooga, a top 15 FCS matchup that'll go a long way in deciding a lot of stuff. So uh, football in the state of Georgia is very, very competitive, both the FBS and FCS level. Now, are you enjoying doing the color analyst? I know you're working mm-hmm. with a great guy, Rick Caldwell. He's a great guy. Uh, the, have you done that before? And are you in, are you getting into it? You you enjoying uh, being on that side of the mic? Yeah, you know, I've done play by play mostly, uh, and then have done color here and there. But I enjoy it because it lets me, you know, take a breather and, and talk about the game, and that's what I love. I love you know, talk about the schematics and. Uh, you know, why the, what happened worked or why it didn't work. And so it's a different vantage point. And, uh, you know, Rick's Rick's a Mercer Hall of Famer. So you got to let him uh, you got to let him carry the torch and continue to do that. It's been a lot of fun. Enjoy those guys down there. Yeah, good experience. I know. All right. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about University of Georgia stuff. I don't think there's much need really to go over the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were in the stadium for uh, that game. Vanderbilt. You know, they actually, Vanderbilt has a better team than they've had in the uh, past few years and came in actually with a three and two record uh, to play Georgia. I bet Georgia's so loaded. And and Vanderbilt, you know, they have some pieces here and there uh, that, uh, and Charlie Lee, he's a good coach. I think he, you know, if if the guys in Nashville are going to be patient with him, I think he's going to produce maybe a better program for Vanderbilt in the years to come. Just a dominating win. Uh, Georgia 55 to nothing over the Commodores. Um, Stetson Bennett had a you know good day throwing for mm-hmm. 289 yards. Uh, a typical Stetson Bennett type game. But I tell you, the 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 two guys that really caught my eyes. We were sitting in the stands. Uh, one of them, uh, Darnell Washington. I mean, all of a sudden, this dude. I don't know if it's all of a sudden. But man, did he have a day on uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday? He's a huge, <laughs> he's a huge human being. But boy, he's so fluid and made some great catches. And Carson Beck uh, came in in the fourth quarter. He had a great fourth quarter. So I uh, mean, you know, I, I'm sure you were busy uh, when uh, the game was going on. But I know you kind of caught up with it uh, later. So at this point in the season now, here we have Georgia mm-hmm. uh, off this week. Then you face uh, Florida, and in that Tennessee game looms out there. What are your impressions at this moment uh, for the Georgia Bulldogs? 
Well, first off, talk about Darnell Washington. I mean, I think we can all agree that's an offensive lineman who's just yeah. a little bit more skilled than some of the guys. Uh, this guy is huge, and obviously he can become a big target. Uh, kind of going back to that game, you know, I've been really impressed with the emergence of uh, Dejon Edwards, you know, over yeah. the past couple of weeks, dating back to the Missouri game. Uh, you know, I had the chance to watch him when he was in high school down in Cockle County. You and I both know that is a talent-rich yeah. portion of the state when you get down below the Nat line, as we say in Georgia, when yeah. you go down there. Uh, and then Branson Robinson. I mean, oh, we, we saw the pictures of what this kid looked like coming in, but he's been very impressive. Very, very impressive. So, you know, you look at the schedule. I think the bye week comes, obviously, each and every single year, obviously, with before the Florida game. But this is a really well-timed bye week. I think there's some some nicks and some cuts that they really want to uh, kind of get healed. Because I think when you look at the beginning, and I was telling someone this on our show the other day, I said, you know, it's so funny that we sit here in July and August. And we say, Georgia's schedule's so easy, and all these people have easy schedules. Did we think Mississippi State would be as good as they are? I mean, Mike Leach has them playing well. Kentucky, do we think Tennessee would be arguably, for a lot of people, people think Tennessee's the best team in the country right now. I mean, uh, you know, so I think when you look at the remaining schedule, that gauntlet of Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and Kentucky, how do you weather that? I mean, that's your season right there. Yeah. Um, you've been building up. So if Georgia can get to a spot where they get healthy coming into this break, uh, I think Florida's a really flawed team. I think you're going to be able to work on some things. But when you get in that November 5th game, which – I mean, college game day is probably going to be in Athens. It's going to be the biggest game. I was having this conversation, Chris, and I think it's kind of worthy of talking about. And a lot of think your fans are going to want to know is, you, you know, what's the biggest game in Athens in recent memory? I kind of go back to when they hosted Notre Dame back in 2019. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to match that, if not more. I mean, just really with the magnitude of the game in Athens. So I'm excited to see what they do the rest of the way. Everyone's talking about the Darlings, Tennessee, right now, and that's fine. Georgia fans kind of like it that way, especially my dad. My dad's a big Georgia fan. He he said, "Keep talking about everybody else. We don't want to. We just want to keep cruising along." And uh, you don't see that often as the number one team in the country, right? I, absolutely. And uh, as you mentioned, Georgia continues to be number one in the coaches' poll, the AP poll. But there are a lot of individuals, like you mentioned, uh, like you know these ESPN analysts and uh, Kirk Herb Street, uh, different guys, even Aaron Murray has uh, Ohio State as their number one. And uh, Herb Street has uh, Ohio State number one. And then David Pollock from, from Georgia, of course, a great uh, Georgia player, uh, analyst for ESPN. Uh, he has uh, Tennessee as the number one team in the country. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and I, was, I was talking with someone the other day, and, you know, the big hype has already started for Georgia and Tennessee. But Georgia still has to play Florida. And, uh, you know, it's a rival game. It's that game, you know. And as if, if you could sneak into the uh, locker room there in Gainesville and uh, Billy Napier talking to his team, he said, man, wouldn't we love to, you know, put a monkey in this wrench for the University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's go out there and, and beat them and knock them off their pedestal. I, I, I don't think that's necessarily going to be a pushover. Now, Georgia's more talented. Georgia should win. They'll be favored big. Man, it's the SEC. <laughs> it's just, you never know. You, you just never know. And and so I think that's probably uh, Coach Smart's message to his team. Uh, don't, don't listen to that rat poison about the Tennessee game. You know, don't listen to all of that. Man, we've got to play a talented Florida team, and they have pieces that are very talented. Um, in fact, I, I, I kind of thought about this the other day. We were in the stadium for Kent State, for the Kent State mm -hmm. game. And I forget the quarterback for Kent State. 
but he was good. I mean, he, he, yeah. he was good, had a great day against Georgia. And I was thinking probably he's the best quarterback that Georgia has faced this year, the, mm -hmm. the kid from Kent State. But what, you, what do you have coming up next on the Georgia schedule? You have Anthony Richardson uh, from Florida. Uh, he's up and down, uh, not, you know, the hype's not quite matching what it was earlier in the season for Anthony. Then you got Hendon Hooker, who's on, you know, a lot of people's Heisman Trophy list. Then you have Will Rogers from Mississippi State. And then you have Will Levis uh, from uh, Kentucky. So Georgia's going to face some pretty good quarterbacks now uh, coming up. And, and when you have a good quarterback and you have a halfway decent, you know, offense around him, that can be dangerous, right? Yeah. No, I mean, you look at Kentucky, for example. I mean, the game they didn't have Will Levis. They struggled against, um, I think it was Mississippi State, they ended up losing too. So it, it's one of those things that when you look at quarterback play in the college football level, it's you live and die. I mean, look, you can have a great defense. You can have great running backs. You can have great offensive line. But if you don't have a guy that's a playmaker and – you know, Georgia fans should know this more than anything. When you don't have a guy that's a playmaker, it doesn't matter how well everyone else is, you've got to have that to be able to compete and win a championship. So, you know, it's interesting because you brought that up about, you know, not overlooking Florida. You know, Tennessee is the same situation because they're on the same day that Georgia and Florida are playing, they're playing host to Kentucky. And yeah. so, you know, they can't overlook a Kentucky team that, you know, Kentucky and Florida are obviously, uh, you know, played early this year. I think Kentucky's the better team there. Obviously, they showed it. But those are two teams that would love nothing more than to spoil everybody's plans. College game day, you know, both yeah. schools, fans of, of kind of what's and throw a wrench in this SEC East race, which, you know, if you let bygones be bygones, you just kind of run it on paper. You would think it's going to be decided on uh, October or November the 5th. So, you know, I think that the quarterback play, you're going to figure out what this young secondary, uh, yeah. if they're really up to the task. I mean, that's kind of that would be my biggest concern. I talked with a guy who. Uh, it's close to the Georgia's program. And he said, that's that's the one thing they don't know. You know, Malachi Starks, ridiculously talented young man. Tyke Smith has continued to work back from his injury and was a highly touted transfer when he came in. Keely Ringo, I mean, really, how good is he? We all, I think that's a question, and Georgia fans might not like this, but we all remember him for the national championship in pick six. But, like, how, how good is he really? Like, this is a big year for him to see if he can go to the NFL. You know, yeah. if he, and so how good is he really? And you're going to figure out that gauntlet of quarterbacks. I mean, look, Richardson is not going to let it fly as much, but man, he's going to run the football. Uh, Hendon Hooker is going to do both of them very well. Uh, Will Levis is a very experienced quarterback. And then, uh, you know, Mike Leach is the oddball that he is. When he gets a quarterback in that knows how to run his system, he's had success everywhere. Um, so, and, and Will Rogers is that. So when they, they, you, know, you got to go down there with the cowbells. It's not going to be easy at all. So it's it's going to be a fun end of the season to watch how Georgia fares. And if they emerge from it victorious the whole way through, I think it says a lot more than – it says a lot about where this program is going into Atlanta and wherever they go from there. Yeah, if they run this gauntlet undefeated, they certainly are the number one team mm -hmm. in the country at that point anyway. And then we did mention Georgia Tech, a revitalized program now under Brent Key and playing really good. And, you know, I, I was we were talking before we got on our program today. Boy, wouldn't it be cool if Georgia Tech was 8-3 uh, mm -hmm. undefeated from this point on and Georgia's undefeated and we have game day in Athens for a Georgia-Georgia Tech rivalry game. Uh, yeah, that would yeah. be that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fun to see. And, you know, fans for Georgia Tech would love that. Uh, you know, as crazy as the season's gone for Georgia Tech, they still control their own destiny to get to the ACC title game. I mean, they are three wins away from getting to a bowl game, and their division is 
you know, it's probably the worst division in Power Five, but it's it's still there to win. And so, uh, you know, there's just no easy game. There's and you mentioned it earlier, Chris, when you said that this is the SEC. You never, you really never know. And so, it's going to be interesting to see how these things play out. You know, and and I, I look back because I was kind of thinking this was true. In the last ten, uh, 10 games, Tennessee and Vanderbilt are five and five, which hmm. is kind of interesting. You know that, uh, of course, that's a huge rivalry. Uh, you know, yeah. now you know it doesn't look like Vanderbilt has the horses to stay with Tennessee. Speaking of staying, staying with Tennessee, I went back. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't able to see Alabama, Tennessee. I w- was able to hear it as we were coming home from Georgia the other day. Went back and, and looked at it. It looks like Tennessee runs a play every five seconds. <laughs> It's go, go, go. Yeah, and those yeah. wide receivers, uh, I mean, they're so fast and they get so spread out that you have one-on-one coverage. Well, that's tough. Alabama had a horrible time, horrible mm-hmm. time trying to corral those wide receivers. And Hooker was right on, you know, he was on target for most of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet for me, I've already gamed out the, the, the game plan for Georgia-Tennessee. Uh, Georgia's got to run the ball, control the clock, keep the ball out of the hands of the uh, offense of uh, Tennessee. And then when Tennessee has it, they really need to put pressure on Hendon Hooker if that's possible. He throws it so quickly. But, uh, you know, if, if Georgia does that, and listen, Tennessee gave up 49 points. And now they scored 52. But their defense gave up 49 points to Alabama. Now, Alabama's offense may be a, a tad better than Georgia's, but not much better. So you would think Georgia can put up some points. I know we're kind of leaping ahead here with Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I I think Georgia's, you sit here, Georgia's got a shot if they don't have one of those games. And maybe they got all that out of their system, you know, with Kent State yeah. or Missouri. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and in college football, a lot of fun. Oh, man. It, it's. And I tell people, you know, we look at a schedule going into a week, and we're like, ah, you know, this game may be okay, but there's not a lot of great games, and what happens? We go to bed Saturday night saying, this was the best Saturday of the year, you know, stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, obviously not getting too far ahead and looking at this game, but I agree with you. I think that, you know, they're going to do what you said offensively. Defensively, it's really hard to sack Hendon Hooker because the, he does not have the ball in his hand for a long time, amount of time. I think also, too, you're going to have to look at the fact that you're going to have to create, and I think this is a Kirby Smart buzzword, uh, you're going to create negative plays and chaos. You're going to have to create uh, negative plays, turnovers, because I'll I'll just say this. Everyone loves Tennessee. You can't win a championship giving up 49 points to teams like that. If Alabama and Tennessee play again in Atlanta, I think Alabama wins. I I just do. And I think Alabama's a very flawed team. I mean, I, I think they are, but... You just can't you can't play with fire like that over and over again. And Georgia fans have seen that. I mean, every single time Georgia has got to the cusp of before last year of, um, you know, getting to a chance to go to a championship or win one. It's been one or two things that said, hey, this is not up to par with this. You know, we, we need to get better. And so I, I think the Tennessee look, Josh Heupel, great coach. I mean, to be able to do what they're doing is very I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, but Alabama has a lot of flaws. And I think Georgia's more well equipped, like you talked about with a better, probably better offensive line, better stable of running backs to go to, uh, to be able to kind of slow the game down. You're not going to stop Tennessee. I think you're going to have to slow them down a little bit. Yeah, and, and you know, Alabama scored 24 against Texas A&M, mm-hmm. you know, and they scored 49 against Tennessee, and they scored 20 against Texas, and, you know. So there, there's a lot of things you can look at, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, even though we are. Uh, we, the Gators are still out there. Now, that game will be on Saturday, October 29th, 3.30 p.m. 
and of course down in Jacksonville, Florida. It'll be on uh, CBS. And so uh, Georgia uh, getting a, and I think Coach Smart said, you know, they're going to practice early in the week. He's going to let the guys go for a couple of days to go home or, you know, relax or do whatever and then get back at it mm -hmm. uh, for, for Florida. You know, I, I just, I, perennially, I don't like the Jacksonville thing. I'm sorry. I don't know who started that, where it started, why it started. Uh, yeah, I'd love to see home at home uh, with Georgia and Florida. Georgia playing in the swamp in Gainesville when those teams are, you know, like maybe undefeated or fighting mm -hmm. for this. That'd be so cool. And to have Florida at Sanford Stadium, uh, that would be so cool. I know Mercedes-Benz says, hey, we'd love to have the game every now and then uh, in Atlanta. I don't know. What is your opinion on I don't like that Jacksonville thing. I don't know who started that and why they started it, but it, <laughs> I, you know, you, you get beyond the layers and what you're going to find. Follow the money. Yeah. Follow the oh, money. yeah. I mean, it's all about money. And I think, you know, there's a certain aspect of I've been to the game once and from a fan's perspective, it's it's fun. Like, it's a cool atmosphere. Um, I know every single year my wife went to Georgia. So every single year, you know, that's their fall break. So students get out earlier. They get to go down, you know, St. Simons. They make their way down to Jacksonville. And I think, you know, obviously Kirby Smart's not a big fan of it being played down there. I think that he's made his point clear on that. I think, you know, with the recruiting changes that if they're willing to make, it would surprise me if this game, and this is just my personal it would surprise me if they ever really move it because of the money involved and the willingness that we saw recently with whoever's the designated host team gets to host recruits at that game. Right. That was the biggest thing. You were taking away, you know, an official visit weekend from schools. If they change that, you know, it's going to be hard to see. I think, you know, Kirby Smart's going to continue to push for it. Um, but, you know, there is a certain aspect of, you know, Gainesville to Jacksonville is a lot closer than Athens to Jacksonville. Yeah. So yeah. so it, it makes sense. Um, you know, and that's also I, I've had a I've had a group with a couple of guys who are from Jacksonville. And they said that's such a big source of income for that weekend for that city. And so it's going to be hard for the city of Jacksonville to let go uh, where there really is no premier college football around you except for Gainesville. Um, you have the Jaguars, but they're not obviously I mean, they're better, but they're not, you know, a big money maker for you so i think this is one of the big sources of income and so what it does for that area it's there's a lot like you said there's a lot of layers and to the casual you know we're just sitting here you know vibing off one another and talking about it it's yeah we don't like it or we don't we like this uh, there's so many layers you know political uh you know all different types of stuff that you have to go through to be able to move that game uh, it's an experience i'll tell you this it's an experience for sure um and and the fans love it so it's going to be kind of hard for them to, to move that game and there's a lot of Kool-Aid consumed, you know, before a lot of Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The world's largest Kool-Aid party. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> You're not supposed to say that other now, you know, they, they yeah, don't want you to yeah. say that other thing. No. So. <laughs> uh, coming up in the SEC uh, this coming week, um, Saturday, 12 noon, you have UT Martin in a money game taking on Tennessee. Um, you know, that'll get out of hand probably pretty quickly. On the SEC network. Uh, 3.30, you have Ole Miss at LSU. Now, that'll be an interesting game. Ole Miss, number seven in the country, traveling to Baton Rouge, LSU. You know, uh, coming off a big win uh, the, this past uh, weekend over Florida down at Gainesville. Uh, that'll be an interesting game. I, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, for some odd reason, I love Lane Kiffin. I don't know why. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> I love his dog. You know, his dog's got his own Instagram yeah. page. Uh, for some odd reason, I lo I love Lane Kiffin. I think he's a breath of uh, uh, you know a breath of fresh air for college football. I don't know. This may be a tough game uh, for yeah. Ole Miss. Uh, I think. think? 
you know, Ole Miss is really, really good offensively. Yeah. Um, defensively, if you go back and look what they gave up to Auburn, um, it, it was a little concerning, like alarming. Some of the numbers, yards per carry was one of the highest that Auburn's had against, you know, each year or this year so far. But I think when you look at LSU, one, Baton Rouge is a tough place to play. One of the hardest, best environments in college football. LSU is not as talented as they have been in recent years. A large part of that was kind of, you know, the lack of recruiting and some of the things going on with that Orgeron before. But I'm telling you, Brian Kelly is the guy down there. Like, I love that hire. He's a winner. He is one with less elsewhere. When you give him the reins at a place like LSU, money, arguably, if you've ever been down there and seen the best facilities, people say in college football, I mean, it's ridiculous. I think this is really the makings of this could be, this could be a really big win for LSU. Uh, they're only five and two. You know, they're a quiet five and two. We No one's really talked about LSU all year. It's uh, Jaden Daniels. You know, can he throw the ball? Well, he goes out and accounts for six touchdowns. Chris, the last guy to do that for LSU, the only other guy in, in the past 20 years, Joe Burrow. And he yeah. did pretty good at LSU, and he's doing pretty yeah. good in the NFL. So I really I like that game. Um, it's it's going to be a test. If LSU can slow it down, they've got some really good running backs. Uh, they got a couple. They have two freshman tackles, a left tackle and a right tackle are true freshmen. Yeah. They're playing out of their minds. So, uh, and then they have former, you know, um, the brother of former Georgia defensive and outside linebacker Aziz Ojolari. His little brother BJ is a really good player, going to be a draft prospect this year. So, uh, that game is going to be a lot of fun. And like we said, you added the fact of all the crazy Cajuns down in uh, down in Louisiana getting ready for that game. There's a lot of Kool Aid there too. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, yeah. I, and and. <laughs> Fortunately for Ole Miss, it's a three thirty game. You know, if it was a night game, night time down there, lights out. You know, uh, that'll be on mm -hmm. CBS. Uh, then you have a game that you know you really have to love Vanderbilt and Missouri to watch this one. Vanderbilt traveling to Missouri. That'll be a four o'clock game on the SEC network. Uh, then at seven o'clock, Mississippi State at Tuscaloosa mm -hmm. to take on Alabama. Now. That'll be a lot of fun. I mean, you got Mike Leach and uh, Will Rogers and that group from Mississippi State coming in to a, a, a Alabama team who's at least have, if not physically, their egos are bruised, certainly after that uh, Tennessee game. Ah, oh, boy, that's going to be a that'll be an interesting game. If Mississippi State can hang for a half, you know, with Alabama, hey, you never know. What do you think? Yeah, this is a game traditionally. You know, you see Alabama come in and just run all over, just bulldoze an opponent after they get beat. Um, and, I, and I've said this on our show a lot. I think that it's time to understand that what Alabama's doing, the, the penalties, the, the lack of discipline, it's not fluky. It's probably just who they are. It's a bunch of it, – it's probably who they are. So this might shock some people, but I really do think – I don't know if we're going to see Alabama run away with this. I, I don't think that they're what they used to be. And look, what they used to be is <laughs> the the crown jewel of college football. I mean, one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen, if not the best. Um, so I think they're knocked down a peg this year. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see Alabama still win this game and win it by double digits. I just don't think this is the game that you're going to see. We've seen every single year when Alabama loses a game, you always feel bad for the next team that's got to play them. Uh, because yeah. Mississippi State does some really good things, and they are tough to defend. Uh, like we talked about, when Mike Leach gets his guys, his athletes out there, the air raid's hard to defend. I mean, it's it's, it's a tough thing to defend, and we just saw what happened when a team threw on Alabama. So It'll be an interesting game, and uh, that, again, that'll be at 7 o'clock on ESPN. Speaking of Alabama and its penalty problems, 17 total penalties. 
uh, in the Tennessee game. And a lot of that had to do, I'm sure, with the environment, with, the, you know, mm-hmm. the fans in, in the stands. And by the way, of course, you know, after the game, the Tennessee fans storm the field, tear down the goalpost. Uh, they get fined $100,000 by the SEC. And now the athletic, the poor old athletic department from the University of Tennessee is asking <laughs> fans to make donations to buy new goalposts. And this is a program that generates millions of dollars. Oh. <laughs> I hadn't oh, yeah. wrapped my head around that one yet. But anyway, it is why. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the 730 game on uh, the SEC network, I, you know, again, it'll be kind of an interesting game. You got Texas mm-hmm. A&M and South Carolina. And South Carolina with the big win against, the, you know, Kentucky. South Carolina's got some talent. Uh, that'll be interesting. You know, Jimbo Fisher from uh, Texas A&M, I saw, you know, there's a lot of rumblings about him and grumblings about him. But if you want to... F- fire Jimbo Fisher and buy out his contract, it'd take $84 million at the moment this year to do that. I don't think that's on the table, but yeah, what do you think? Yeah. Texas A&M at South Carolina? That sounds kind of interesting. Uh, I think A&M's such a flawed team, they're going to make it interesting. I think they're better on paper, obviously, than what South Carolina is, but you know, this South Carolina team's a lot different than what Georgia fans watched, you know, a couple of weeks ago or a month ago. I mean, this is a South Carolina team that's building some confidence. They got a big, big road win um, against Kentucky. And so they're feeling good about themselves. And how they go is how Spencer Rattler goes. You know, he's been right. such an up-and-down player. If he plays a mistake-free football game, I think that you could see this, you know, be a close game in the fourth quarter. Um, you said it earlier, Chris. I mean, look, it's hard to win in the SEC. It's really hard to win on the road. Uh, you know, South Carolina, I go back to, I think it was 2012, 2013, when Georgia used to go play South Carolina towards the end of Steve Spurrier's years, I, I hated those games because it was one of the best environments in college football. Uh, you know, the white towels are going crazy. And so I think the, the you know the students are going to be more into it. The fans are going to be really excited about it. And it'll be an exciting game to watch. And I hope it's close. You know, I hope it's close because I'm going to – I'll be done with calling my game and that'll be a game that I want to tune into. So I gotcha. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be, I'll be there. Much to my wife's chagrin, she says, another football game? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but see, we, we how we do it at the Hall household is, is that we balance football with the Hallmark Channel. You know, mm. and so eventually it even sounds out. like you need a two TV setup. Yeah, I would. <laughs> some other interesting games out of the conference. Uh, one that, you know, you cover uh, Georgia Tech for 247 Sports, mm-hmm. uh, Virginia and Georgia Tech on uh, Thursday evening, 730 p.m. on ESPN, a night game for Georgia Tech, a rejuvenated uh, Georgia Tech uh, football team. I, you know, go Jackets. I, uh, let's keep the thing rolling here. Uh, so, uh, Georgia Tech's favorite in this game. It should be kind of interesting. You think the stadium will be packed out for Virginia? Yeah, I mean, uh, talking with some fans, uh, you know, the players have really called for the students to really pack it out. They did a great job a couple weeks ago uh, when they hosted Duke, who at the time was 5-1 and one on the season. You know, I mean, it's just one of those things that I think that there is a – and we talked with – a couple players this week during media availability and excuse the pun but there is a buzz there really is around campus of a genuine interest in classes you know people are talking about hey guy you know you guys have won two straight games chris i found this stat and i tweeted it and you and i were joking about twitter how desolate of a place it can be but a necessity at times um i tweeted this out because it even caught me by surprise this will be the first time since they beat florida state 
in week one of the COVID year, if they can win this game on Thursday, that they'll be over 500. Wow. That's a long time. Wow, That's that a long, long, really a long time. And so, yeah. you know, you think about, you know, in the span of what George has done since 2020, I think this is a game that's winnable and a program that desperately needs something to cheer for. And look, it's it's good to see. I mean, it's really good to see that these fans have something to cheer for. And so, you know, a Thursday night atmosphere, students will be on campus already. Um, I know we're doing, a, we're doing a tailgate for it, and, uh, doing a little live show that'll be a lot of fun there from the varsity and then walk oh, yeah. across and get ready for the game. So it'll be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And, of course, uh, Georgia Tech now has a new athletic director, uh, assistant mm-hmm. athletic athletic director uh, from the University of Alabama. Jay Bratt, is that co- uh, correct? Jay Bat. Yeah. Bat. Okay. I put, Bat. I put it. I made him a Brad. I'm sorry. He's a <laughs> Jay Bat from, uh, from Alabama uh, coming to Georgia. So, uh, Georgia Tech. So, that's interesting. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, go get him, Jay. It's, I, I want to see a strong Georgia Tech team. I really do. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Bulldog fan, you know, from way back. But uh, I, I, I want to see a good, strong uh, Georgia Tech team. Other interesting games, Iowa at number two, Ohio State. Uh, that's the Fox game, Saturday at 12 p.m. You know, could Iowa raise its ugly head and <laughs> do some damage against Can Iowa Ohio? score? That's what we need to know. Can Iowa, yeah. can Iowa play offense? <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, a, a, a ACC game, kind of interesting, and also has national in, uh, impl- implications. Number 14, Syracuse, undefeated Syracuse. Yeah. Taking on number five, Clemson. Now, that's the ABC game at 12 uh, p.m. Uh, Syracuse having a decent year, and, and then they go and take on Clemson. It'll, it'll be in Death Valley, but what do you think about that game? That'll... You know, Clemson, playing there is so hard. I mean, Clemson rarely loses on their home field, and I'm ma- making sure to fact check myself on this before I say it, but the last time this is okay so this is true the last time that syracuse started owen or six and oh undefeated they went it was that was their last undefeated season in 1987 they went 11 and 0 and they won the sugar bowl so i think that you know this is a syracuse team that is you know dino baber's done a great job up there uh they actually have a transfer quarterback from mississippi state uh he's playing quarterback for him garrett schrader and so it's a cool story but um, I'll pull Lee Corso and say, not so fast, my friend. I think the dream comes to an end of an undefeated season. Clemson Clemson is, from the time that I saw them, I got to see them play Georgia Tech in Atlanta opening weekend. They've really settled into who they are. DJ's played a lot better. Um, you know, they, they've kind of just gelled with the new coordinator, new staff. And, um, you know, they're obviously the clear-cut front runner in the, in the ACC. And then most, most likely... Uh, will make the playoffs, college football playoffs. Which is, they're like a quiet. I mean, they're they're yeah. kind of sitting on the edge, but you know, one of Ohio State or Michigan probably won't make it. Yeah, and one of those we'll top to, four teams uh, probably will fall by the wayside and Clemson mm-hmm. will make it. Uh, also Saturday, uh, number 20, Texas at number 11, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State losing, surprisingly, uh, to TCU last week. That'll be the 3.30 game on ABC. And then an interesting game out west, uh, number nine, UCLA at number 10, Oregon. And uh, that, that <laughs> you know, Georgia Oregon, fans better wear their green for that one. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, since, uh, since Georgia dismantled uh, Oregon, you know, Bo Nix has found himself. He's playing tremendous and Oregon's playing very well. UCLA at Oregon. What do you think about that one? You know, after only scoring three, not scoring a touchdown against Georgia, they have put up more than 40 points after that. Each each of their you know next couple of games. So 
you know, I think it's more of a standard of how good Georgia was for that one day. I mean, obviously yeah. Georgia has got some things they got to clean up, but just I think they played a perfect game, like an absolutely perfect game against Oregon. Uh, you know, but UCLA, Chip Kelly has them playing very inspired. And this is something, too. And we always have the SEC bias. You know, I grew up in Georgia. You obviously have uh, been around the state for a long time as well. We have this SEC bias of everyone is not even close. And I'll tell you, it's probably true. The SEC is very, very good. Yeah. It's good to see the Pac-12 starting to make a, a mark again. You know, to me, you have to go back all the way to when Oregon played Auburn in the national title game to really say they had a real contender. Before that, it was Pete Carroll at USC. So to have a top 10 matchup like this, um, you know, out on the West Coast, it just, Oregon and UCLA are a couple programs. College football as a whole is better when those two programs are better. And there's a couple programs that are down that once they get better, it's like, that's better for the sport. It's better for media. It's better for fans to, you know, be able to watch a couple games and different games on Saturdays. Hey, it, it kind of warmed my heart to see Utah beat uh, Southern Cal uh, last week. Yeah. That didn't hurt my feelings. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that didn't hurt my feelings. I was I was okay with that one. <laughs> Utah is not a bad football team either, yeah. and uh, so that was kind of interesting. Well, Bryce, I, we we could sit here all day and talk about uh, you know college <laughs> football, but we don't have the time to do that. You're a busy man, and we got stuff to do as well. One other thing, I know we're big Braves fans. Seriously, hmm. seriously, it was a know, we make it that far, and then. Oh, well, there's always next year. <laughs> always. Hey, you can't win it every year. That's okay. No, it's okay. I, I know, but we're supposed to. I tell my wife that. He said, you know, you can't win every I said, well, we're supposed to win every year. Now, now Chris, you're starting to act like those people on Twitter now. We're going to have to shut you down. <laughs> Are we going to get the dance feedback? I hope, so. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Hope so. All right, Bryce. Good to have you with us today. Awesome. And uh, we look forward to talking with you again very soon about college football and other stuff, okay? Sounds good, Chris. Appreciate it as always. All right. Thank you, man. Dogs on Demand would like to thank Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, for sponsoring our program today. When the time comes to finance or refinance your home, make the smart choice and get your home loan from Southeast Mortgage. Your friends at Southeast Mortgage are ready to help you. Visit southeastmortgage.com slash UGA today for more information. Be sure to visit Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and our great interactive website, dogsondemand.com. Join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with the latest sports news from the University of Georgia and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs.